Good morning, everybody. Shabbat Shalom. So this morning's parasha is entitled Maketz, uh, which means at the end, and it covers Genesis chapter 41, verse 1, and goes to chapter 44, verse 17. When the last parasha closed, the cupbearer was released from prison, just as Joseph had predicted. However, he just went on with his life and completely forgot about Joseph. As this parasha opens, two full years have passed and Joseph is still imprisoned. Scholars believe that a man named Sesostris III was Pharaoh during this time. He was said to have been one of Egypt's most influential rulers and he conquered Nubia, which is today uh, modern day Ethiopia. And he expanded Egypt's territory. This powerful and influential pharaoh had a strange dream, too, to be exact, which nobody in his kingdom, to include his royal wise men, could interpret. This made the cupbearer suddenly remember Joseph, and he told pharaoh about his experience. Intrigued, pharaoh summons Joseph, who was promptly brought out of jail, cleaned up, shaved, and presented before pharaoh. When Joseph stood before Pharaoh, he was 30 years of age, which is the same age that priests usually begin their priestly duties in Israel and the age that Yeshua began his earthly ministry here on earth. Now, Joseph quickly admits to Pharaoh that it's not he who interprets the dreams, but God through him. And as Christians and Messianic Jews, it's important to understand that the power to accomplish the great works of God is not ours. It's God working through us. It's the Holy Spirit dwelling in us that strengthens us and gives us victories and successes. And whenever we achieve anything, we should always publicly acknowledge that God is the source of our accomplishments. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's tandem dreams to mean that seven years of plenty will be followed by seven years of famine. And Joseph also defines a time frame for when the dream will come to pass. Now, had he been wrong, it would certainly have cost him his life. But Joseph was completely confident, as this information didn't come from him, it wasn't anything that he made up, the information came from Adonai himself. Then to top it off, Joseph even proposes a solution and a plan of action. He advises Pharaoh to store up reserves of grain during the seven years of plenty. Impressed, Pharaoh appoints Joseph governor of Egypt, second in command to only Pharaoh himself and places him in charge of the palace, its day-to-day -day logistics, and preparing for and managing the coming crisis of famine. Joseph went all over Egypt during its seven years of plenty, storing grain in the cities, and during this time, he was married and he had two boys. The firstborn he named Manasseh, which can mean, for God has made me forget all my trouble, and the second son he named Ephraim, which could be translated as, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now, after those seven years, famine did come to all the land. When the people began to lament to Pharaoh about the famine, Joseph opened the storehouses and he began to sell grain to everybody. All over Egypt, hungry people came to Joseph to buy food. And eventually, the famine spread throughout the entire region and food could only be found in Egypt. This is where our parasha starts to get interesting. In chapter 42, 10 of Joseph's brothers make their way to Egypt to purchase grain. The youngest, Benjamin, who was Jacob's other son by Rachel, remained at home as his father, Jacob, feared for his safety. When they appeared before him, Jacob recognizes his brothers, but they don't recognize him. 
I mean, why would they? And he begins to test them. First, he accuses them of being spies, and he insists that they bring their youngest brother before him to prove that they are who they say they are. Meanwhile, he imprisons Simeon as a hostage, and on their way back home, they discover that the money that they paid for their provisions has been mysteriously returned to them. When their grain runs out and the time comes to return to Egypt for more, Jacob very reluctantly agrees to send Benjamin with them, and Judah steps up and assumes personal responsibility for him. This time, Joseph receives them kindly. He releases Simeon, and he invites them to dine at his home. Secretly, he has his servant plant his silver goblet, his personal silver goblet, in Benjamin's sack. And when the brothers set out the next morning, they're pursued, searched, and arrested when the goblet is discovered. Joseph offers to to release them, but to keep Benjamin as his slave. What a dilemma. How can they possibly return home to their father without Benjamin? And with that, our parasha concludes. I like how last, the last parasha concluded on a cliffhanger, and now here we have another cliffhanger as well. <laughs> so what can we take from all of this? Well, Joseph used his authority to deal wisely and shrewdly with his brothers, and I submit that his motive was to discern their present character. Had the passing years taught them anything, he had suffered greatly at their hands and had every reason to distrust their words and their actions. But when they returned the silver, Joseph had secretly packed in their bags, it did demonstrate integrity and honesty. When he tested them further by treating the youngest Benjamin more generously than the others, they didn't fall into resentment as they had when they sold Joseph into slavery all those years ago. So there was growth. Romans 8.28 says, For we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. And as the late Pastor Denson used to always say, what that means is that God is going to work everything out, any situation that's bad, for your good and for his glory. So it should encourage us to know that if he could do all of this for Joseph, he is more than able to take care of issues in our lives. The religious leaders of Jerusalem intended evil for our Messiah, and they had him crucified and put to death. But Adonai took that and made that our greatest victory over sin and death. When we place our faith and trust in Yeshua, he takes the things that others mean for evil and he turns them into good. He does this for our good and for his glory. Praise be to Yeshua HaMashiach. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.